0: Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Hey, it's Greg Hoffman from Take Command. And the best part about podcasts is they create a 25th hour in the day. Whenever I'm commuting, metro, car, even when I'm riding my bike around town, although in that case, one earphone only, safety kids... I'm always listening to podcasts. And this offseason, you can get all the insights, all the news, all the analysis, and Logan and I occasionally make a joke or two, in the Take Command podcast on demand so it fits in to your busy schedule. Follow Take Command in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your pods.
1: It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's beat reporter Craig Hoffman.
0: Take a Man podcast from Odyssey Sports, Craig Hoffman, Logan Paulson with you, and we're going to get to our preview of the Atlanta Falcons in just a few minutes. Of course, big game this weekend, bounce back, Uh, feels like it's been coming forever after Thursday night loss to Chicago, Logan. But we wanted to start actually double clicking on something we talked about on the last full podcast which is some of the defensive coverage structures and some of the things that we kind of had questions about that you've been able to do some follow-up work, talk to some people, including uh, your, your colleague Fred, Fred Smoot at the Commanders, sure. who obviously played in the NFL for a long time. And we have a little more clarity on it. I think it opens up an interesting conversation about some of the choices that this defense is making and how they can ultimately make the corrections they need to stop giving up explosive plays and be more productive.
1: Yeah, and I think you know one of the things that comes out of the game is that you know Ron has been very adamant that people need to play the technique correctly. And talking with Fred, you know, I you know I'm always kind of of the mindset like you see people doing coverages, playing run fits, using different techniques to get that job done. And there's no like perfect way to do it. And in the in the conversation I had with Fred, I also talked to John Kime, who John, we, I know we hype up John Kime all the time on this podcast, but he does a really good job of like getting with people who know what they're talking about and fleshing out opinions. So just wanted to give John a shout out. So I talked to him as well. And one of the things that came out is like, let's talk about the first Benjamin St. juice explosive play, which is like the the dig. Right. Right. And to me, I was like, it looks like he might be playing the dig. Right. Which would make sense. And when Fred saw it, he said he's just being and one of the other things we, we both mentioned is that he seemed like he was being a little bit too aggressive later in the route. When he gets beat, St. Juice gets beat, he gets really handsy and grabby and pully. And so he didn't feel, it, it felt like he was a little bit out of his bag. And so what Fred said is that what you'd like him there is to be a little bit more aggressive on the press at the line of scrimmage and then create distance with his arm, right? So put the arm on the hip and then run with the guy because and play kind of outside, and I don't remember the exact word, in a slight trail technique behind. So to me, when you look at the clip of Benjamin St. Juiced, none of those things are really happening, right? He kind of misses with the jam. He tries to grab him right away. It's not a, It's not this kind of distance, hand on hip, which, you know, you, you can envision what I'm talking about. You've seen corners do that a thousand times, right? If the guy break it, when you're in that slight trail technique, if the guy breaks down his feet, you're in a good position. If he takes off over the top, you can run underneath and make a play. But when you get in this grabby posture and pull yourself back into phase, And he does the double move like there's no recourse there and i said fred how do you know that's what's going on he said well in a single high look you don't have any help over the top especially with the you know you pointed this out with the three receiver side away like you're going to kind of be on island. so just to remind folks if you don't remember
0: it was a three by one so three receivers to the the offense is right dj moore is to the left matched up one-on-one with Benjamin St. Just and there is what happens is they show a too high look at the snap and that's actually something else that we talked about or we didn't talk about is the Bears comments that some of the rotations were pretty lazy um, yeah. between the safeties so I, whether Justin Fields knew at the snap this was going to happen or not who knows but uh, Cam Curl rolls down as a plug player so kind of that ten yards uh, off the the line of scrimmage in the middle. And then Derek Forrest is on the other side as the single high safety, but he's kind of shaded away from DJ Moore's side on the left.
1: Yeah. And so, you know, that was just a really interesting kind of technical breakdown. I thought from Fred and John, when I talked to John, he kind of supported some of those thoughts, like maybe not with the technical acuity, but just the idea that he's being overly aggressive. And so I think when I hear this, you know, we were talking about before the show started, like this idea of like, do your job, do what you're supposed to do nothing about that play like the effort is there like he's trying hard benjamin saint juiced right but the technique the technique that they want to employ doesn't appear to be there at least based on the description from fred and what john has said from the people that he's talked to you know former corners former former safeties all that stuff so i think that's really important for fans to understand because like you know on our on our on the on the command center show one of the things that comes up all the time is they didn't want it. They they weren't playing hard enough. They weren't. It wasn't important to them. And I have a fundamental like issue with that because obviously like they're playing hard, but they're not doing it correctly. I I think that's the right. thing that comes out to me. It's like like Saint Juice on this play. He's running hard. He's trying to be physical. He's he's gotten a, he's gotten a bad relationship. that happens. You you, you know that the technique isn't perfect at the start, but the effort is there. It's just the the technique and and what you're supposed to do doesn't appear to be correct. And you're playing against a very good player in DJ Moore. So it's not always going to be perfect, but I thought that was important to just kind of make that correction on that specific play. And then the other play is the touchdown later in the, in the cover two look.
0: Yeah. This is the touchdown on that opening drive to DJ
1: Moore. Yeah. And to me, like, you know, we were saying Percy's kind of playing eyes here. He's playing the weakness in the coverage and he's doing like, I thought he was doing as an offensive player. I'm like, especially with a quarterback like Fields, who's very kind of one read centric one read, let's get the ball out. Like you can play eyes there. But then I was talking to Santana who said he talked to Ed Reed about it. And you know, um, decent, uh, decent guy to talk to. He knows what he's doing. Right. And what he said is like what, what Ed Reed said, or what Santana said, Ed Reed said was that as he's dropping, he needs to stay square. Even if he knows that's where the ball is going. The second, the quarterback cocks to throw that's when you need to make the decision to move. It's not on eyes. It's on the body posture and the plant of the foot. And I thought that was a really interesting insight because if he kind of continues, I think you pointed this out, if he continues to drop kind of back to that corner while staying square, and, and Fred said this, if he's deeper, if he's deeper, because he's to the three, it's, a, it's an empty set, so there's two receivers to the offensive right and three receivers to the offensive left. If he's deeper in that in that Tampa two and can play downhill, I said there's no, really no way you can play both. He's like he can't play both because he's so shallow and he has to turn and open to either the to either more or the the seam, which I think is um, the other guy number eleven yeah. for them. Uh, it might have been Komet actually the tight end, but no, it was, yeah, no, it was, was
0: a, no, it was Mo- no, it was Mooney. You're
1: right, you're yeah, right. It was eleven. That was on the other side. So it's speed there. He's yeah. like on that. He's like he's got to play back because you don't want to have to open either way. You want to be able to play downhill to the football on this kind of plant foot. When the arm cocks back, that's when I make my break. And I thought that was just a really because he's like because Tana was saying you know that Ed had alluded to this idea that he had he had turned his hips to the seam that was going uh, that that Cody Barton was matching, and that you can't get back to the other guy either way, right? As much as you want to make a play there, stay square longer, get some more depth, and then when that ball cocks back, you run a four three, run a four three to the football. And I and I just thought that was again. Guys were like that. He's playing hard. He's 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 trying to to make a play in the red zone. I get it. The weakness in the coverage in Tampa too is that that is Cody Barton on a receiver. But do your technique correctly according to Smoot, according to Kime, according to Santana, and according to Ed Reed. And so I'm I'm you know I'm a guy who's going to give him the benefit of the doubt. But I I just thought it was important to kind of touch on some of that stuff and say it's not the effort necessarily. It's putting yourself in, in a position from a technical standpoint to make the play. It's like, for example, like there's so many times where you're watching routes, you're watching run blocking technique because I'm pretty adept at identifying that stuff. And you're like, you just set yourself up from failure from the jump by not taking the correct footwork. And that's what's happening here, but on a bigger scale, because there's more space involved. And I just thought, you know, we talked about all the plays that happened and we can go through all of them, we don't have time for that. But I just thought those two plays alluded some of that, alluded to some of that stuff that ron's been talking about with young younger football players percy obviously is is young and um and just doing what you're supposed to do and i and i just thought that was something that i wanted to get corrected for our listeners
0: Yeah, no, I think that's great. And that's why people come here is for the technical aptitude and, and the kind of detail oriented stuff. I think on a bigger picture, like it opens up a question that I was asking yesterday on the show, which I was, uh, I was—I don't know—I was in a punchy mood yesterday, Uh, and then I saw the. I do, I do, and uh, then I saw the "Do Your Job" sign, and I was like, "This is going to set up these two factors. uh, One, one plus two is going to equal a nice opening rant to the show. So, if you want that, (laughs) go to the Hoffman Show podcast feed or uh, my YouTube page at Craig Hoffman, and you can see the full rant of why I think this signage is very silly. But it goes to the point. Like there, and what I said in the rant, which I think is absolutely true, is like there are shreds of truth in that. Um, yeah. Maybe even like a gigantic chunk of truth, like, hey, man, just do your job, like do the yeah. thing that they teach you to do and it will go better. My problem is I do not think based off of the history of this staff um, going back four years of slow starts now that they do a very good job, certainly soon enough of making players understand exactly what their job is and why they need to play in a certain way. Because if you, like the way you just explained it to me is fairly clear. I've got to stay square here so that I can see both routes. So what about that piece of information is not getting through to Percy Butler? And is it on Percy Butler or is it on the coaches? And like, we can't know the answers. We just know that it didn't get through. Um, There's also like, there's a lot to think about because like you said, there's all these reasons why what he did is smart. Like, hey, I'm playing the, the weakness of the coverage. Like I'm covering for my guy, Cody here like you know I got Kendall Fuller over there that that is going to make this a difficult throw Kendall doesn't wind up drop like Kendall plays the flat pretty flat like do you wonder which in that situation is, which like is what
1: he's supposed to do like when right, I feel like in the situation
0: just just Percy think keeper. like oh maybe Kendall's gonna drop off it's third and 14 from the 20. like yeah. how flat does he need to be like these are the types of things that like you wonder from both a schematic and a teaching standpoint like what kind of larger principles are at play here in terms of situational awareness, how much does it shift? And all of a sudden what a player's job is on any given play can become kind of muddy. And I think that was the brilliance of that phrase with Belichick and why it was so good with him. Like Greg Popovich was the same way in the NBA. Steve Kerr has been great at this with the warriors. Like, sure. Those guys all had talent. Um, obviously, you know, Belichick had Brady, and then all those defensive dudes, um, you know, Popovich won five titles with Tim Duncan. Um, you know, Steve Kerr has got Stephen Curry, like talent helps. But I think all those coaches that employ kind of the, do your job mantra that succeed, what the superpower actually is, is making it incredibly clear what each guy's job is and setting them up within that job to succeed. And that's where I think some of the disconnect is and why hanging a sheet of paper that says, do your job, isn't actually going to solve anything, even though it might get you a little bit closer because there is a larger emphasis on trying not to do too much.
1: And and again, we, we don't know. I don't, at least I don't know. You might have more insight on this than I do. Like a more comprehensive, that might be a comprehensive thing throughout the building. Like that might be in the team room for the coaches as well. Like it, it could be an organizational thing. Right. But to your point, like getting the stuff communicated is, is like the crux of coaching, you know? And I, and like, we've talked about, you know, you coach and I coach, and I will say that one of the things that about coaching at the high school, that's been super illuminating is that it's different. There's more information to get in under this kind of crazy time constraint. And what I, one thing that I do notice, and I just, you made me think of it right now is you can install something like I can put in something, but coaching the detail of it is something entirely different. So like, just as an example, like we put in a concept that's a three-by-one. So three receivers to the right, tight end to the left. And we put in like a stick concept, and we installed it. But then I had an epiphany probably like two weeks ago. It's like, I installed this, but I didn't tell the quarterback how the flat player was going to play. I didn't tell the quarterback, I didn't tell the receiver what the flat player was going to do. I didn't tell the quarterback or the receiver how the safety was going to react or the mic was going to push through. I didn't tell them what to expect. And I think that that is the thing about coaching in the team environment that is drastically different. It's you are not, pre- you're not installing the play. You're prepping them. You're giving, cause I thought about Kyle. I was like, what did Kyle do that was so special? Or Sean, even Jay to a certain extent, like good coordinators, yeah. is they were able to tell you they are going to play this coverage to this look, these two coverages. One's going to look like this, the other's going to look like this. The ball should go here versus that coverage because this guy's going to do this. And I thought that even though that doesn't seem like a big deal, it sets you up in a really nice way to kind of lay a foundation to say, I, on this route, am expecting one of two things. I'm expecting the Sam to go to the flat or the mic to push through. And this is what I'm going to do for each one of those things. And maybe I didn't see that in my film study, but Kyle saw it, Sean saw it, Jay saw it. And so now I can... When I'm in the game, I'm like, okay, cool. Just got to remember that and execute it. And so I think that's kind of what we're talking about is like, it's again, you might've put in, you know, single high man coverage or or single, single high plug or or lurk or whatever they're going to call that coverage. But did I detail it up enough to say, Hey, they, on this, on this concept, I need you to make sure that you are extra conservative here because he's going to roll from the three by one, take your time, be patient you can give them the dig you can like what like how did i install that how did i coach that to get the guy thinking about it in the correct way and we don't and again i just want to reiterate we don't know what the coaches are doing but it is very very challenging to have a good position coach that can communicate that stuff at a high level and so to your point it it, not only is it the players it's the staff and i think based on the results they've seen over the last I mean, really, really Chicago game because I, I'm I'm probably in the minority here. I think they've played defensively okay outside of like five plays in, in Philly and then a fourth quarter in Buffalo that was not that was totally out well, of and title. a first quarter and a half against Denver. Like, yeah, that's been- a good point. The, the quarter, yeah, but but yeah. I'm saying there's there's spots where it's there's it's been okay. chunks definitely when they've been okay, right? But it's not just the players, it's not just the coaches. It's like a systematic thing about making sure people know what they're supposed to be doing. To your point.
0: Right. The, the kind of unsaid part of do your job is like, do your job, but know everyone else's like, don't do everyone else's, but like, you got to know, because if you well, like, are like on, the, on that play with St. Juice, if you know that who was the, it was Forrest was deep. The, Forrest the single is high, yeah. yeah. Like if I know Forrest isn't going to be able to help me, I know I can't get beat over the top. And if I give up yeah. 15 yards on a dig, like that sucks, but it's not going to kill me. I don't want to give up 48 on a, on a dig takeoff. So if I know like because in in my head, like, oh, we're in single high, like it's it's cover one, I think that play. So it's like, you know, hey, I got I got safety help over the top. It's like, no, you don't. (laughs) I I know that Forrest is over there. So it's that affects how I do my job. And again, like that's where it gets real muddy. And and the do your job isn't actually as clear as it sounds because it sounds simple. But if you do your job while knowing everyone else's, it clarifies what your job is and that's where i think the disconnect seems to be from sure. guys gambling in mm-hmm. bad situations now some guys can just make mistakes
1: like it's not take oh, it. Yeah. i, I want to be yeah. very clear this is
0: not 100 on the coaches um there's this players making bad decisions as well when you're but- playing
1: bad football
0: everybody's culpable
1: like yes. and that's what and ultimately like as much as we want to sugarcoat it and give them the benefit of the doubt like thursday not great bad ball like, bad ball right and i've been a part of games like that i've had games like that so you know there are a million reasons for it but it yeah, wasn't anybody great.
0: who's played any sport has had moments where they go why the hell did i do that what was yeah, i thinking
1: right and i and i think the other thing about knowing and doing your job is there needs to be a level of communication like that's one thing when i talked to fred about when he played with sean taylor and LaRon and you know D'Angelo De- or whoever the other corner was like, one of the things that they did a good job of is communicated those situations. It's like, we're coming out of the huddle. We're walking the line of scrimmage and and Cam would go, Hey, or, or Smoot would go, Hey man, remember I'm by myself here. Or, or, or Sean would be like, Hey, you're by yourself. I got to help over here on the three by. And it just, that stuff is so powerful and it takes ownership of a whole group to get there so there are layers to this there are things that can be done differently um and i I don't think we're trying to assign blame here we're just giving we're kind of reasons and 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 like with an onion right you pull back the first layer people say oh the you know St. juice is playing bad and it's like well he's he's playing hard but he's is he playing bad because he doesn't know what to do or, or whatever it is there's right there's a level here and i think I, the way i have right phrased right
0: it. it for the last week is like we're on a quest for answers sure yeah and these are some of the possible answers and, we, and, and it's impossible and as, for us to know
1: and as we get more information like we'll bring it to you here so yeah so stay tuned and subscribe stay tuned. that's right